Hello, everyone, and welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock, the podcast where neighbors drop by unannounced for a little bit of laughs, some fun, and uh, just some great banter. And I'm your host, Brian Chambers, alongside me. I'm your other host, Philip Goffrey. That's right. We want to thank you guys for being a part of this special episode. This is our holiday series, part two. And we're stoked to get into it. I mean, we got some great stuff coming up, coming up this episode. Isn't that right, Philip? Absolutely, man. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in to these special holiday series episodes that we are doing. Also, big thanks to everybody for going to our store. The NDK store is currently donating 25% of all of our revenue for the holiday season to the Southern Smoke Foundation, which is a charity that helps uh, people in the restaurant and food industry in crisis, as well as donating to MS support and research. So we couldn't be more grateful for you all for tuning in and for hitting that store, buying the NDK merchandise and supporting such a great cause. That's right. And you can find the link to our store in the episode description. So you can go there and check it out. Um, But this episode, we're going to be jumping into some of our maybe favorite holiday movies, which I'm excited to talk about, you know, a little bit of some action going around and what's happening in the, in our neighborhoods here alone. Uh, we'll have, Philip will tune you in and let you guys know what's going on with that. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about the Grinch a little bit. Yeah. But you guys are going to want to make sure you stay tuned through the whole episode because we have a special guest today, the talented vocal stylings of Jamie Teton. She's going to join us. It's going to be great. You guys are not going to want to miss it. So let's dive right in, guys. So I'm curious, Brian, what are your uh, holiday hit list movies that you just can't miss every season? Well, it's, you know, there's a couple that are pretty easy, but then I get sucked into all of the new weird holiday movies that they come out with different versions of everything, you know, because everything's kind of redone a little bit in a different style. But if I'm going off of ones that I have to watch, number one, Christmas Vacation. That is my number one holiday movie. I've got to watch that one. I also have to watch White Christmas. I, I love that movie. It doesn't really feel like Christmas to me until I've actually seen that movie. And the other one, um, well, actually, I, I have four. So the third one would be uh, Elf. I love Elf. It's one of my just childlike just demeanors, right? You know, you just get into it. And then A Christmas Story. That one, you know, those those are just like, to me, staples, of, of holiday movies. Now, I know not everyone agrees with that list and everyone has their own list, but for me, seeing the Griswolds, you know, that leg lamp, hearing Bing Crosby sing, and then, you know, seeing Will Ferrell just go, Santa, Santa's coming. I mean, I just, it just puts me in the mood, man. So those are mine. What, what's your list? Well, I'm with you on most of those. I haven't seen Elf, which I know is sacrilegious, so I need to, I need to take we care can do of that. that. I'll, I'll make that happen. We'll, we'll, we'll get a drink and we'll watch Elf together. Okay, we should we should do that this season. That'd be great. Because actually, I, I was just reading some behind the scenes on that movie. It's it's all over the news right now, right? And I guess everyone loves it, so it makes sense. Um, well, I, I, real quick, do you know that part of that movie, the way they um, filmed it, they actually had Will Ferrell just go randomly in New York. Like, if you see the scenes of him in New York, that I found out that's actually him just there there was no set there's no extras they're just filming him like when he's like scaling the wall of the tunnel he's actually really scaling the wall of the tunnel like when he's walking up to random people who's like santa like some guy with a beard on the street that's just some random dude i mean can you imagine having will ferrell in a giant elf i mean that guy's tall as it is just come up to you and be like santa and grab you it's a little 
Sasha Baron Cohen, isn't it? I would have been, honestly, if it was me, I would have been scared. Well, you've done film before, and I've done some film back in college. Can you imagine how many releases and disclaimers they had to run around with if they did a whole shot in New York City streets? They must have been going up to hundreds of people like, please sign this. We're so sorry. (laughs) Can we please use you in our film? Well, either that or they just didn't get their their face or whatever they was just kind of like you know in passing or something like that yeah yeah if you have somebody from the back of their head you know yeah, you don't have to have sign anything fuck off you know they're fine <laughs> exactly but, but still i mean a new york city street shot i can't imagine how many hundreds of releases they must have had to get signed so you so we got you on board for elf so that'll be a new one for you i'm on board for elf um i am a diehard fan during the holidays so oh, i will i will watch that that's such a good movie i like how no one thinks that diehard is a christmas movie so I came across something in the media about Die Hard that I didn't know, and I have not gone completely into it to, to really do all the research. But it's now my understanding that Die Hard actually has a prequel. Really? Yeah, and I, I want to say that Frank Sinatra played the original character. Sinatra is John McClane? I think so. I'm going to have to look this up here. Oh, blue eyes. That makes, <laughs> that makes me look at, at John McClane's character in a whole new light. I mean, because I can't picture him pulling out a gun. <laughs> yeah, okay, so let me clarify. So Die Hard is, is not that there's a prequel. Die Hard is technically a sequel. And they did offer Frank Sinatra the leading role, but he was 73 years old, so he graciously turned it down. I mean, but you're Sinatra. You can turn anything down if you don't want to. Yeah, so, so okay, so the technically um, the movie that led to Die Hard is called The Detective, and it came out in 1968. With Frank Sinatra. He did play the role in at least one one movie or series. Was it a TV series or was it a film? A film. Okay. I might have to put that on this year's list as like the new one to watch. Okay, so Die Hard is definitely a movie for you. What else do you have? Is that really it? Is, I mean, Christmas Vacation and Die Hard, are those your two like go-tos? That's pretty much it in terms of my go-tos. You know, I, I do every once in a while do the classics, the whole It's a Wonderful Life thing and all that jazz, but not every year. Oh, man, that depresses me a little bit. It I, is. It is. Looking back on it, it's kind of a depressing movie. Yeah. It really is. I mean, my dad, I know, was really big, and he's a big Jimmy Stewart fan, which is why he always used to watch that. And And I get it. I get the whole feeling of it, and that one just drains me way too much. Yeah, it is kind of exhausting. You know? yeah. whoa, 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 Merry Christmas, movie house. <laughs> I know, right? Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Whoa. I mean, and you think about it, you know, Mr. Potter never really changes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just like, I mean, you think about it, he's like, Merry Christmas. He's like, yeah, and they'll be waiting for you at home. Or, you know, I mean, he never really. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. He's a very, he's still a Grinch throughout the whole movie. It's just like, and you just, it's all redemption about George Bailey. This I don't is know. true. So Grinches, do you know any Grinches in your life through the holidays? Anybody anybody in your family or friends that always becomes kind of a short-tempered? Well, I think everyone at one point has a Grinch moment. When you have so much going on, and we, we talked last episode um, of our holiday series, you know, my dad was talking about, you know, it's just a, a matter of time. It's a time frame, right? We want to make sure that we get so much done within this small time frame. I think that's what pushes people to be a Grinch. I don't know anyone specifically, um, although I have come across people on the road who are year-round Grinches <laughs> when it comes to driving. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that during the holiday season, people become crazier on the road. I notice it every year, at least here in Houston. The highways become 
almost like a Mad Max film. As you say, Mad Max. Now it's like I'm I'm visually like it's like, it's like I almost if I'm driving now I'm gonna be imagining an entire like desert and everyone like you know cannons being shot at me or something. It's so fun. It'll change the way you drive forever. <laughs> for for the worse for for the better. <laughs> well, you just have to drive to survive, buddy. That's. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Officer, he was after me. <laughs> I had to put him into the wall. It was him or me. <laughs> There's some dude with a cage on his face. And yeah. a flamethrower. <laughs> well, do you know any Grinches? I mean, we want the holidays to be wonderful, and it's always nice. But I actually enjoy a little bit of Grinch. I do, too. It, it puts a little flair on things. A little human face to exactly. uh, the magic of all the holiday season, right? What, well, okay, what would you consider a Grinch-like act that someone you know or maybe don't know might do? Well, as we talked about in the previous episode, my holiday tradition has been to get together with a significant um, number of my family members, right? And we do these big dinners, a Christmas Eve and a, and a Christmas Day dinner. Obviously, that looks a little bit different this year. But inevitably, man, you get like 15 people in a small kitchen trying to cook and get dinner out on the table there's some snappy behavior going on. I mean, it's like, I remember my late uncle used to disappear into the basement right around noon, maybe 1130 in the morning on Christmas day. He would just kind of roll his eyes and was just snapping at each other and getting all fussy. And he would disappear in the basement, come back up with bottles of champagne. He's like, mimosa time. <laughs> you know, like everyone starts drinking by like, you know, 1145 in the morning just to oh, sort of tolerate man. it. man, something's going to happen when that, when that goes down. Yeah, man. I mean, picture this. We're in my grandmother's house. There's 55 people. There's kids running around everywhere, right? Everyone's been, you know, imbibing since the early portion of the day, right? One bathroom. Oh. Yeah. It makes for some fussy behavior. One bathroom, including one shower? Oh, yeah. She I mean, she only had one bathroom, right? Just that a, was it. Oh, and for how many people? 55 oh, people, my, 50 my people. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah. My, do you, why, you know what? Just set up a hose, like, in the basement or something. And just, just like, just, just drench yourselves in some soap and then just walked into the hose. Yeah, you can imagine how many of the <laughs> men in the room were disappearing out the back door throughout the entire evening, right? It wasn't... Uh, <laughs> Don't eat the yellow snow, kids. Yeah, Don't eat the yellow snow. Exactly. There wasn't a whole lot of, oh, yeah, I'll get in line. You, uh, you no. ever write your name in the snow? Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. I used to draw like tanks and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, I was talented. That's pretty good. Well, you know, if, if anyone ever came out, just spell out Merry Christmas or thank you, you know. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's what he should have done right on right on Potter's doorstep. That that's what George Bailey should have done right there. It would have been all formal about it too. It'd be script. Your penmanship was impeccable, sir. So just because you have Grinch like behavior or you come across somebody who is a Grinch, eh, that doesn't mean that they're not they shouldn't be accepted or in the holiday spirit, right? I'll agree. But people are getting crazy out there, man. Even in a COVID world, you know, there's a whole lot of uh Stress release going on. There's a lot of drinking going on. We had a guy show up at our house at two o'clock this morning trying to get into the gate. Had no idea where he was. I have that, my, that's a lot of eggnog that he must have you, consumed. The, the poor guy. I've got him on camera and he's he's chatting with his friends on his cell phone and they're like, Where are you? You can hear them in the background. Dude, where are you? He's like, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, he had him on speaker? Oh yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, and he's stumbling around. He tried to get in my garage. I'm like, wow, this kid was really uh you know, he had a long night. He's persistent. 
I mean, was persistent. Th- that's in- that's incredible. I mean, you would have thought if he couldn't get in after a couple, like how long did it? How long did he sit there trying to get in? Just a couple of minutes, but then oh, he, okay. he sort of vanishes off camera, heading to my neighbor's house, and there's no way to get out back there. There's a big tall fence, so maybe he scaled the fence. I don't know, but he vanishes at that point. I'm pretty sure he went like blacked out <laughs> on my neighbor's patio. <laughs> This poor kid, you know, it's like 21, 22, somewhere in there. But I could, well, at least that's what it looks like on the footage, right? That's what it sounds like, personally. That, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's one of those 22-year-old moments when you're hey, like, you're trying to get into the wrong house. You're like, he looks exactly like yours, man. He, he kept on trying the game. He's like, come on, guys. Let me in. <laughs> it was great. I'm almost picturing a Dan Aykroyd from Trading Places, like, on the street, like, as the miserable Santa. Like, he... So I absolutely adore that movie. And one of my favorite parts is when he's taking the smoked salmon, sticking yeah, it in his yeah. jacket pockets. I, th- I thought he didn't, he stick it in his beard. Yeah, <laughs> just like, or like he pulls it out and he's like, like so funny. <laughs> that, okay. Right there. That character from that movie is my favorite Grinch esque type behavior right there. That when he shows up at the country club, nobody wants you drugs around here. Lewis. <laughs> we have to watch that one too. I got to add that one to my list. That's another great one. It's a deal. So there you guys go. Uh, some holiday movies, you know, let us know what your favorite holiday movie is. I'm always curious because I know everyone's style is different and everyone just needs a certain, a certain moment to really feel like their, their Christmas is, is kicked off when you're watching stuff. So yeah, hit us on social media and some suggestions too. If we're missing any, I would love to know what people think we should be watching, but we want to get to our, our special guest today. She is an incredible vocalist, very talented musician. She's actually talking to us from twin falls, Idaho, which is incredible which I'm sure there's a lot more snow than there is down here. Uh, but we want to welcome the very talented and amazing Jamie Teton to the show. Jamie, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're great. Thank you for joining awesome. us. Yeah, thank here you. On Neighbors Don't Knock. Me. You know, one thing about you that you've been performing, that people may not know, you've been performing for a very long time, for, what, almost 20 years? Yeah, you saying I'm old? Is that what you're saying? Uh, uh, no, I'm just joking. don't worry. <laughs> Phil, Phillip's, very, Phillip's very older very than old. us. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you for rubbing that one in again. So I, don't, I always see it whenever I see a bus coming and the opportunity, you know? Yeah, you somehow managed to rub that in my face almost every episode. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you're consistent. It's on my list as a New Year's resolution. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, but anyway, so you've been performing for, for a long time. When did you first start performing? I mean, I grew up in a musical family and so we were always doing something. Of course, it always started out as funerals and weddings and church and stuff like that. And then got invited to share at different places um, and then kind of grew into a career. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a long time. So did you ever see yourself, you know, as any musician, it's always kind of curious, like the path that they ended up as a musician and an artist, but did you ever see yourself doing anything else besides this? Oh yeah. 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 Not I I didn't see myself doing this until actually, uh, my senior year of high school, a teacher had come up to me and, uh, he is shortly before graduation and he said, Hey Jamie, you know, I, don't forget about me. I want your first CD when it comes out. Totally not on my radar. Okay. I was going to be a nurse on life flight or a medic of some sort. I wanted to do something like that. And anyway, 
he, but that got my wheels spinning in my head going, hmm. But I actually went home on break before graduation and made him a little mix, ta- a tape, uh, like a, I record, because I, CDs, this is how old I am. See, we're talking about how old we are. But I made it for him and I wrote a little note and said, hey, didn't want to let you down. Have no idea how to make a CD, but here's a tape and um, enjoy. I'm off to um, go to school to, you know, do this thing. So totally not on my radar to do that. I enjoyed it. I loved it. My parents had to rip me out of my room from practicing to eat dinner because I would skip dinner just in my room singing but it just was never like oh I want to be on stage I want to be famous never never crossed my mind until he said that to me and then it kind of got those wheels spinning and I'm looking at my notes here you went on to record (laughs) nine CDs is that correct yeah yep I've done nine CDs and one DVD project what what was the DVD project That was a pro-life project that I'd, that I'd done with a song. Um, I'd moved to Nashville, and we had um, kind of the bottom thought of my career. I'd, I was like, you know, if I don't give it all I've got. At that point, I'd recorded four CDs, I think, um, and traveled for six years and toured and stuff. And I was like, you know, I, maybe I should go to Nashville and, and give it all I got, you know, and just see what happens. And we moved there, and the bottom fell out of my career. I mean, it, was, it was crazy because I was so busy out touring in the Northwest. And when I moved there, of course, you're a needle in a haystack. No one knows who you are. You're well, I mean, you're just surrounded with uh, an immense oh, yeah. amount of musical in- talent in Nashville. Incredible talent. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. And, and it was a good experience, but it was definitely not. I mean, when I got there, it was like, wow. I don't know if this is where I'm really supposed to be, but God opened doors in different areas for me, and that was good, and it all works out. So, well, we can we can relate to that. Uh, hence, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. We never never would have dreamed of doing this, or even you know that's and that's the beautiful part about it because you know now we're talking to you, you know, all the way in Twin Falls, Idaho. I know. Right? And it's just it's incredible the the people we're meeting and the journeys that we're hearing and it I think it's fantastic. So yep. you being up there, what kind of experiences did you and come across that that kind of led you to say okay, this is not the place for me, but man, what a great experience. The the thing that happened was when I had been trying to kind of push doors down and try to meet people. Of course, you're all, you're always trying to get plugged into different people and meet different people. And that's where you start. But what I started realizing was that the industry, the record industry, the recording industry was not what I actually thought it was. You know what I mean? And, and even in the, because I'm in the Christian music industry, um, and that's what I was pushing for. I, I really thought it was going to be very different than the secular industry, and it wasn't. And so that was a little bit of a letdown for me um, to realize that, hey, these people say they're one thing, but they're really not. And not all of them, let me just say that, not all of them, but the ones that I came into contact with were like that, um, many of them. And so luckily, I think the, the protection, God was with me and protecting me from some of that. But um it was just not really what, because I was in it for ministry and, and they, and, and it's all about the almighty dollar at the end of the day, when it comes down to record labels, you got to keep the business running, you got to keep things going. But when you're making a decision based solely on money and not on the ministry side of things and really taking that into account and really why you're doing it, that's what really turned me off. Well, we like, can okay. actually, both of us really relate because, you know, like, well, Philip, when, when he was, you were getting into film and we had talked about this in an earlier episode, 
you know, it's a, it's sometimes about who the people you surround yourself with. Um, yeah. because you look at all of them and you're absolutely right. It, it's a business. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really is. And so, um, I, I'm glad that it benefited you to kind of see those things to help you further your, your career. I never wanted a record deal after I saw all that it entailed. <laughs> I was like, you know what? No, I don't want someone telling me what to do, when to do, how to do, and, uh, and not really be able to do what I am passionate about, you know, and I feel led to do. Does yeah, that make sense? It makes total sense. I've had the the good fortune to speak to a few different um, professional musicians and a few different professional actors, and they all say very similar things to what you're saying, right? That they really didn't expect that when they signed with somebody, they would no longer be in charge of their lives, or their career, right? They're, right? they're told where they have to be, how they have to promote, what they can and cannot say. And that, right. I've, I've seen... Uh, Quite a few people walk away uh, because of that. But I've never been to Nashville. Yeah. I sort of picture it like there's a recu- recording studio studio on like every corner, right? Like it's There main- is. Well, there's, there, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the, I mean, the, and the thing is, you don't even realize that some of them are recording studios because they just exactly. look like houses, like craftsman style houses. There, yeah. There is, of course, the famous, you know, studio row, you know, oh, yes. that you that you can go down, uh, you know, but. Um, I believe it. Where I grew up is like a Dunkin' Donuts everywhere you turn your head. Right. And that's exactly how I picture <laughs> recording studios in Nashville. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, everyone's got an on air, you know, neon yeah. sign in their window. Right. But you actually had you've had the, the good fortune to do a duet with Vince Gill. Is that correct? Yes. Quite amazing how that all actually came about. Yeah. How how was that? Because that <laughs> I mean, that's a big name. Yeah. So my Dave Cleveland, who is one of the most incredible guitarists I've ever met and heard in my life um, actually produced two of my albums and the Christmas one is one that he did, which is the one that Vince Gill is on. But uh, I, I wanted to do a duet and he, he asked me, he goes, well, who, who do you want to do the duet with? Do you have someone in mind? And I said, well, yeah. And he's like, well, who? And I said, well, Vince Gill. And he like, wow, Jamie, are dreaming a little big, are we? And I'm like, well, heck yeah. <laughs> this Christmas album, I'd, I'd never had an orchestra before. I, of course, had some strings on um, some records, like cello and violin and stuff, but I'd never had a full orc. And, and this record, I was able to do that. And I was like, well, I got the orchestra. I'm not going to give up now. I mean, we're going we're gonna to go for the gold here. <laughs> so, so he's like, he plays for Amy, you know, um, and so he said, well, let me see if I can contact her manager and, and, and see how we get in touch with Vince and blah, blah, blah. And so he just kind of went through some loopholes and, and did some asking and, you know, throw it out there. The worst we get is a no, right? But we can at least try. And so we were down to the wire. I was back there and we were needing to record the music for the song. And it was like the day before we were heading into the studio to record the music for it. So on the way to the studio, I'm driving and I get a phone call and Dave says, are you sitting down? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he goes, Vince just called. It's a go. And about drove off the road. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a yes. So he said yes. And, uh, and the rest is kind of history, but we, um, I didn't get to record with him in person And part of me is a little bummed about that, but part of me is not because I don't know if I would have, I think my voice would have been really shaky and Would you have like kind of geeked out a little bit? (laughs) I totally would have geeked out. (laughs) And I will tell you the Celine story if we get into that. But 
actually the reason he couldn't make it um, at the time I was back there, because of course I'm traveling back and forth from Nashville doing all this recording. And um, at the time I was there, one of his friends had passed away and he had to, um, of course, sing at the funeral or um, anyway. So that's why it didn't happen while I was there. But I did get the opportunity to meet him because he and Amy came out to do a concert in Sun Valley. And that's just like an hour and a half away from me. And so we, my mom and I drove up and got to go backstage and visit with them and thank him in person. And anyway, it was it was awesome. But, but you've met a couple of, of really famous people here. Yeah, you just teased us with the Celine Dion. What's that all about? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean... Okay, so like I grew up listening to like Fanny Patty and then it moved into Whitney Houston and you know, all these vocalists. And then my mom introduced me to Celine Dion when I was like, oh, I think I was 18 or something at the time, 17, 18. That was kind of it for me. I just kind of listened to her and that's all I listened to. And so I, when I was living in Nashville, um, the last year we were there, because uh, we were there for three years. Uh, she came through on a tour and she never comes national. That was her first time actually doing something at the stadium there. And so I had, I knew a friend um, who knew someone who used to manage her and they just reached out to see if they just knew how big of a fan I was. And they said, you know, let's see if we can get Jamieson backstage passes. But the day before they called and they're like, okay, so we got you free tickets. We got you two. And I'm like, yes, yes. You know, and they're good, you know, seats, of course, when they're getting these ones. And so we're kind of down close to the stage and they said, do you, is it you and your husband? Cause we need to put names on them. And I said, you know what? My husband will not appreciate this as much as someone else would. So I took someone else and they uh, told us that there would be extra tickets at the door. And I said, okay. And they said, cause you're going to get to meet her. You're going to go backstage before the show and get to meet her and uh, all that. So I'm, seriously it's a total out-of-body experience you're there you're going i gotta get to meet her and i got a pep talk from my producer the day before he goes jamie you're a singer she's a singer don't be an idiot (laughs) short and sweet (laughs) don't be an idiot just she's a person you're a person you know so I get backstage and I'm, I'm fine. I'm talking to my friend and we're, you know, we have to leave our purses. You have to leave everything that's personal out on a table. And my husband about two years prior to this uh, had sent in when Celine was in Vegas, he was trying to get me to be able to meet her in Vegas for a birthday present. And so he sent, I had covered her song because you love me on my second album and it got a lot of radio play and it hit like number I think it was number one on the playlist in Nashville for like three weeks straight on their Christian radio station. And so my husband had sent this to her management in Canada uh, to try to get me to be able to meet her. And so anyway, so we got a letter back from Dave Platel, who was managing her at the time. He actually wrote back and I have the letter framed on my wall because I'm like, wow, this is a response from Celine Dion's people, blah, 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 saying no. <laughs> They said no, but it was still, you know, they responded with a letter and it was signed by her manager. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I actually got a response. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> that, so, that's too good. It's not even I'm signed sorry. by Celine. It's signed by it's the manager. Signed, it's signed by her manager. 
Azure, but it's like they responded and he said, Jamie, beautiful voice, fabulous interpretations. Thank you for sending the CD. So he listened, you know, and all that. So, okay. So I tell that because I'm in the room waiting for Celine uh, to meet her. Cause we're in this big, long line of people. And I, I, I look across and the, I asked the security guard, I said, Hey, is that Dave Platel? And she, and she, she, uh, the, the guy goes, yeah, that's Dave. Would you like to talk to him? And I'm like, oh no, he looks like he's busy talking to important people. And he goes, no, 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 let me, let me go see if he'll talk to you. And I said, okay. <laughs> so he comes over and he talked to me all the way. I'll bet you it was probably 30 minute wait to meet her because we were in the line of people. And he talked to me the whole way up there. He, and he, and it was hilarious. Cause he goes, he goes, Jamie Teton. I go, yeah, my husband sent you a CD, blah, 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 blah. He goes, no, I remember that. And I just went, you know what I mean? So anyway, he says, keep going. Just, you know, do, do what you keep doing what you love. And, and anyway, we got to the front of the line. And at that point I was all ready. I had a letter, I had a bag because I knew I wasn't gonna be able to tell her everything, but I, you know, anyway, the guy who was introducing everyone to her, he said, Celine, this is Jamie Teton, the one we were telling you about. Oh, wow. Because, see, it was her other manager who had set this whole meeting up. You know what I mean? And so it was like, and that was, then it was like, okay, it was over. I was like shaking and I was like, what? You told her about me? What? Huh? You know, because I had covered her song and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so she goes, oh, Jamie, nice to meet you. And the rest, I do not really remember. Was it like an they assembly line? Was it like an assembly line? It like kind when you, you, you kind of like, like, like she shakes your hand, you take a picture and then you like move on. Yeah, but she talked to everybody. I mean, she really took her time. And that was, I think, I mean, when you talk about artists and you talk about, you know, being too big for everybody, every single person that really surrounded her was so kind and very genuine and, and really took time for you, you know, to, to each person who went up to her as we were watching, you know, and that was really cool. Can you imagine these greeting lines in, in like the modern day, right? It'd be all these Apple watches chiming like crazy in the background right. with heart rate warnings. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all these well, fans. You know I, now I that you say that, that, the fall detection would be going off the charts. They'd have like People ambulances. Like, yeah, like, you have fallen down. <laughs> <laughs> there's like eight EMS guys, you know, because people's Apple watches are going off. Well, okay, Philip, for you, so that's pretty cool. I, I don't think I've, I mean, like, is there someone that you want to meet that you think that you would just, you couldn't handle yourself if you met? You know, I like to think of myself as fairly well composed in those situations. When I was younger, yeah, I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. You say that until you get into the, in front of the right person. I can't even, I can't exactly. even say it with a straight face, right? Like, you liar. <laughs> Calling myself out over here. I, I did meet when I was younger, I did meet quite a few famous actors by chance. And, um, just the, where I grew up, a lot of them happened to live there in Fairfield County, Connecticut. There was a story that um, our dear friend Philip here actually proposed to a famous actress. <gasps> Katie Heigl. Yes. No I, way. I want to know if she remembers it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, have her people call our people. <laughs> get her, right? Let's get her on the show. But I, I want you to tell this story because I think it was great. It's not much of a story. Catherine Heigl grew up in my hometown and she had just kind of become famous. I was very young. And we had this one Dunkin' Donuts in downtown, and she happened to be in there. Always a Dunkin'. It's a, yeah, I have no idea. Always going down at the Dunkin'. Yeah, I don't know if she was with somebody. I don't know if they were ordering. I, I, I don't know. She was in high school at the time, and, and I was a couple of years younger. And I said, you know, you're Katherine Heigl. And she said, yeah. And she smiles, you know. I said, 
will you marry me? <laughs> and she was so sweet about it. She goes, awesome. no, I have a boyfriend, but that's very sweet. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went outside. My buddy, my, my buddy's like, did you just ask Katie Heigl to marry you? I'm like, yeah, you're, like, you're a moron. <laughs> you know, you, just, you should have just been like, why not? <laughs> right? yeah, you got to go for the big ask, that's right? right? You'd be saying something different if she said yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was my that was my one uh, gooberish moment in front of That's celebrities. Awesome. So well, you know, I think we all kind of get like that, and and I think it I think it's great. It it just lets us and reminds us that you know we're all we're all on the same boat because I think it happens to everybody. So yeah, but Jamie, we <laughs> actually we have a a treat for our listeners here and you are going to perform a song for us. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit about this song? It was inspired by, of course, um, my favorite singer who, you know, who that is now. Um, but in an interview her, while her husband was dying from cancer, she said, we live each day and we enjoy each moment because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so we show our love for each other each and every day. And you know, it, rem- it, it we, we, we do that, right? We, we know that we're supposed to live each day to the fullest and not to take for granted the simple things that we're given in life. But actually putting that into practice is really, really tough. And I was reminded of my husband who lost his father to a stroke a few years ago. And I thought about um, how sometimes we take for granted the time that we have. And we make excuses and we put it, things off. And those words, it, they just rang in my ear again. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And so my husband actually helped me finish the song. So that's why it's here. <laughs> and he actually wrote two verses about a father and a son. And then I wrapped it up with a final verse that relates back to the first Christmas. So here's the song titled Hold Them Close, written by Pete Espel, Jamie Teton, and Dave Cleveland. It was a cold and lonely Christmas as they stood outside the plane. He whispered in his son's ear, please come home safe, leaving for a year to fight on a foreign shore, answering the call to honor God. So make the most 
On the very first Christmas Rocking back and forth A mother holds her son Who came to save the world Her heart was overflowing As she looked in his eyes Wondering how long He would be by her side Fantastic. You Thank sounded you. amazing, amazing. For those of you listening, you. that is Hold Them Close, written by Pete Espel, Jamie Teton, and Dave Cleveland. Uh, is there anywhere that anyone can get that song? I have a website. Oh, that. <laughs> imagine that. All right. Imagine that. <laughs> and your website is jtmusic.com. So yep. if you guys get that, you can also find Jamie's link in our episode description below. So if you're looking for some great, uh, fabulous music, a great artist, you want to check her out. Absolutely. And Jamie, I know that you've been um, up to some other stuff. You haven't been recording in a while, right? So I want to take the opportunity here to talk about some of the other things that you've been involved in over the years. Yeah. Um, so just uh, a few years ago, my husband got really ill. And so um, he's better now, thank goodness. But uh, it was kind of a rough patch for a couple of years there. And so I scaled back my touring and uh, started teaching voice lessons. So I, I teach voice mostly now. And I'm really glad that I made that shift when I did, because when COVID hit, <laughs> it was like, oh, I have something to fall back on. You know what I mean? And now you're you're also involved with uh, Sacred Heart Ranch, which is a nonprofit ministry. Yeah. Uh, yep. what, tell us about that. Okay. So Sacred Heart Ranch, um, my husband and I, during the, when the pandemic hit, we're like, what do we do with the rest of our lives? Um, and we have not been able to have children. We've uh, had two adoptions fall through and just kind of followed God's lead on all that. And, and when the pandemic hit, we were like, well, how can we serve our community in a bigger way. And he's a social worker and counsels and does a lot of trauma counseling. And so we just started thinking, you know, maybe since we haven't been able to have kids, uh, maybe a way that we could give back to our community is opening a home. And uh, so we decided to um, work towards a nonprofit and open a home specific to young women between the ages of 18 to 25, um, centered in trauma-informed care uh, to provide housing and support. and um, unconditional love to these young girls um, going through difficult transitions. And so the females that we will, um, there's five specific populations that will serve. So there's females aging out of foster care. There's um, females transitioning out of the treatment with juvenile uh, Department of Juvenile Corrections. There's um, 
women who've kind of fallen under the radar that should not have been in their homes that are dealing with trauma that now really have no healthy options for moving into adulthood. So that's one of them. Um, first time moms who find themselves pregnant, but have no place to go. And then females transitioning out of the military. And so we'll be kind of a small home, probably six rooms. It'll be more of a ranch style setting. So we'll have animals and things for them to do where we can all work together. Um, large garden, try to be self-sufficient um, on food. Um, you know, just teach them canning and just lots of life skills and sustainable living and education planning. And anyway, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. We have a website for that too. (laughs) I was about to ask, where can people find more information about the Sacred Heart Ranch? So it's sacredheartranch.org. And for all of our listeners, we'll have that link in the description, the episode description as well that you can find. Well, it it sounds like you have so much on your plate. What do you find that you have time for for yourself when you want to get away? You're not singing, uh, you're not working on your nonprofit or recording CDs or doing anything. What is the thing that you just that just kind of your zen place outside my of zen music? place? Horses are my zen place, and I'm just now getting back into them again after 20 years. I sold my sold my horse 20 years 25 years ago, and I'm back into horses again. I have a friend who is uh, who is helping me learn the ropes again. I know that's a really bad pun, but, um, actually I was going to say, I love that pun. (laughs) (laughs) Learn the ropes again. And you know, it's hilarious. I walk into the barn and just the smells of all that. I know some people are like, barn shoveling poo. You know, it's like, you know, it's totally my, I love it. I love it. I could totally live there and be totally fine with it, which is why we're so excited about Sacred Heart Ranch. It's that, it's that new holiday that. smell, horse poo. The new holiday smell. <laughs> get, your, get your house to reminisce with the stables. <laughs> That's okay. Philip's house would be like uh, motor oil. <laughs> It'd be holiday oh, smells. Nice. <laughs> nice. Growing up for sure. Yes. For sure. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Yeah, Jamie, it's been a real treat. We're, thank you. It's so nice to meet you. Well, nice to meet you guys too. And I really appreciate this. I really, really do. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Well, thank you. And again, yeah. for all of our listeners, you guys can find Jamie's website link in our description below or as well as the Sacred Heart Ranch uh, website. Um, so you can go check them out, find out how you can get involved, donate, get her CDs. Uh, I will say her, she has a fabulous Christmas album. So if you are just looking for a Christmas album, it's, it's on there. You can, you can find it, but thank you so much, Jamie. We wish you the happiest of holidays and want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. You guys too. Thank you, Jamie. Happy holidays. Mm -hmm. Bye. Wow. What a fantastic, fantastic person. It was so great to have her on the show. That was a great song. Um, but There's more to get excited about, guys, because we have a season two of Neighbors Don't Knock that's going to be coming in 2021. That's right. Philip, are you stoked for it? I am so stoked. We have such an incredible guest lineup all planned out for season two. I never thought it would become this. No, I didn't either. I mean, we have from, you know, nationally recognized uh, artists and Broadway actors, uh, people in the toy industry. Um, But again, our season two is going to be dropping January 8th, 2021. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll be doing a lot more video recording for season two. So be sure to check into our YouTube channel as well as our social media for updates and videos. We'll be doing some on location recording as well, which will be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. But I'll just tell you this. Well, our eggnog is a little low. 
Yep, I'm light as well, Brian. Thank you so much, as always, for coming by, and thank you for introducing me to Jamie. That was yeah, a blast. Yeah, it was great. We want to thank her, give her a shout-out, thank her for coming on the show today. A huge shout-out to all of our listeners and sponsors. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each week. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah, and don't forget, if you need some last-minute gift ideas or stocking stuffers, please stop by the NDK store for official Neighbors Don't Knock merchandise. We are donating 25% to the Southern Smoke Foundation of all of our revenue. That's right. So stay tuned for our season two, again, debuting January 8th, 2021. We want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday, and we'll see you guys next year. See you next year, bud.